Hello, beautiful warriors. Welcome back to another awesome episode. Um, this morning, I am so excited and so thrilled to have uh, my good friend, Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome. Thank you so much for being with me today, for um, just putting aside a time to share uh, what I believe is a powerful testimony. I'm so excited for people to hear it, and I do pray and know that it's going to be of a blessing to those who hear it. So, uh, Marilyn, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, again, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing in the season. Um, and I would say that um, this morning we are going to be talking about something that is extremely powerful that I believe a lot of people obviously do go through these things. Um, on some level, I think I've been there. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really, uh, expectant for what the Lord is going to do through your testimony. This morning, we're going to talk about, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and bipolar disorder. So, um, I just, again, I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to do through you, um, in this moment. So, Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, for having me, and for introducing me. I'm like, oh wow, I feel like the tears are coming in, and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for this beautiful, amazing, powerful ministry that God has put into your hands. Um, I've been blessed by all of the stories that have been shared across this platform, and I'm believing that it's going to reach nations and millions Amen. and billions and, and just really help us grow in our faith through the hearing of all of these wonderful stories. But my name is Marilyn Lobo, and hmm, <laughs> who am I? That's always <laughs> a tough question to answer, but um, I'm a lover of Jesus. Um, I am a member of a church in Heightsville called Camino de Santidad, where I lead worship, I preach, I teach the Bible, which has uh, become like a very new passion of mine, because mm. I think, you know, I get to learn more about the Lord through yeah. studying His Word and then also helping other people like study and develop those daily Bible reading habits. Um, I also am a recording artist, a little plug. Mm -hmm. I, I will be <laughs> announcing soon um, that I'll be releasing a single come August um, that I'm really excited about. Um, so stay tuned. Yeah, and then that's outside outside of church, I mean, I work at a local nonprofit that provides legal, social, and language access services to immigrants in the area, and it's work that I'm very passionate about because one, I am a daughter of immigrants, so I very much identify with the immigrant community and the immigrant experience, even though I'm not an immigrant myself, but. And for other reasons that I will share <laughs> later today um, through my testimony. So again, just thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that's that's amazing. Honestly, um, I think you are doing a lot. I think that's beautiful. Um, you know, like we've gotten a chance to like get to know each other more um, and then just learning everything you're doing. It's like pretty awesome. Um, I think there's... There's nothing more beautiful than somebody, uh, a young person, a young adult who's using, you know, their their youth, their life, their their energy into the things of the Lord, um, you know, and and empowering other people to do so because I, you know, that's essentially what you're doing, especially with your Bible study. That's pretty awesome. So um, I am really thrilled for the things that you're getting into, and I really do pray the Lord, um, and I know He will take those things far because. Uh, Whenever there's a willing heart and you're willing to go there with God, God is going to do just amazing things. So, um, yeah, let's just 
get, you know, jump right into it. I, I, again, like you and I have gotten the chance to speak and, um, I left that conversation just extremely moved and in awe of like how God has really carried you through so many things. Right. And so one of the things that we're going to speak on is just literally the trauma you faced and how that trauma, um, then created a lot of different uh battles you know in terms of your emotions and the things you were going through um mentally and internally so um can you just go ahead and share with us um yeah exactly what happened what was the experience that was traumatic for you and how that translated over to the things that you've have to battle you know yeah in your life. so i might cry and it's not because i'm sad <laughs> it's, it's not okay because i'm still hurting it's just because like remembering it all well one like i i actually haven't shared my testimony publicly a lot so we are um, honored because that of the, you are doing with us so. <laughs> thank you because of yeah. the tears i'm like oh my gosh can you get through one conversation without crying but um <laughs> I, okay, so I'll start with 13-year-old Marilyn. 13-year-old <laughs> Marilyn, one night, um, I think it was around, like, April. I forget the year. It was a very long time ago. It was when I was 13. Um, I woke up to the sound of what sounded to me like a bomb. Like, mm. it was a very loud, like, pop or bang, kind of like wow. a bomb. Um, and I remember like just being startled awake and I was like, what is going on? And the next thing I knew was I kept hearing these strange voices, like calling out my dad's name. And I remember like, and back in those days, I shared a bedroom with my parents and my mom just came rushing toward me and I was about to get up and she like put her hand on my chest and just like slammed me back down onto the bed. And she's like, stay down, stay here. Don't open the door. And then she like left our room. And so Mm -hmm. I was there like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like Mm -hmm. what is happening? And outside of my door, I could hear like a lot of people like downstairs. And I heard my dad scream. I heard my mom scream. I heard these like boots stomping up up the stairs. And I was just sitting in bed like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? I must be dreaming. This must be a nightmare. This can't Mm -hmm. be real. This only happens in movies. Like it's not happening Mm -hmm. to me. And I remember just hearing these voices outside of my door and they were speaking to one another and they were saying, should we like kick down the door or should we open it? What should we do? They eventually just opened the door and they turned on the light. And the first thing that I saw was these men in these uniforms with these rifles, these guns. I don't know what kind of gun they were carrying around, but they were pointing it at me and they're like, get up. And so immediately, like, you know, I just got up because I was like, I don't know what's going on. And like, if I don't listen, like something could happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then they just started searching our bedroom. Like they just started like looking through all of the dressers, all of the cabinets. They looked under the mattresses. They ripped them open. They looked Mm -hmm. in the bathroom like they were just searching. And they started asking me these really random questions like, you know, how many people live in your house and who is this person and who is that person? And how do you know them? How do your parents know them? Are they legally, are they here in this country legally? And obviously like 13 year old me didn't know (laughs) the answer to any of those questions. I was like, uh, they're just family friends. They're just people that my parents work with. They're like people that I've known. I don't know anything about their legal status. 
And so I was in my room for probably like an hour, maybe even two. I kind of lost track um, mm -hmm. for some time. But eventually, like, they, I, I just kept saying, like, I want to go downstairs with my mom. I want to be with my mom. And then eventually, like, they're like, okay, you can go be with your mom, but you have to change first because I had a little accident <laughs> because oh, okay. I was so anxious right. and nervous. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Sorry that I'm already breaking yeah, no. down. That's, that's... So, yeah, um, mm. I went to change. I wasn't allowed to be in the bathroom by myself. And... Wow. <laughs> mm. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, okay, cut to yeah. the, so I should mention that this was ice. I, I didn't know it at the time, mm. but it wasn't until later that I was like, okay, this was an ice raid. Like the raids mm. that I've been reading about, it happened to me and my family. Yeah. So I remember one of the officers, like she took me downstairs mm. and as I was walking down the stairs, you know, I saw the living room and the dining room and they were all a mess because they had searched through everything in the house. Mm. And I just remember the sight of family friends being handcuffed to dining mm. room tables and chairs. And mm. I went downstairs and I tried to go to my mom, right? And they're like, hold up, we need to take pictures of you. And so <laughs> that part was actually kind of funny back then because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my own version of a mugshot, I guess. I don't oh. know. But they were taking pictures of me and they were still asking me questions that I didn't know the answers to. And then finally, I was allowed to like sit by my mom who was in the living room. And I just remember being very cold, like I was shaking and I was just very cold and I tried to reach for a jacket and they like pulled it away from me. They searched it first before I actually put it on. Mm. So, yeah, that raid lasted for a couple of hours and they just kept searching through the entire house, asking questions. Mm. And then finally, when it was over, ICE had taken away with them five people that lived in our home. And I watched them walk out, you know, in handcuffs, get into those big cars and then drive right. away. Some who I never saw again, some who I did um, end up going with my family to the detention centers to, mm. to visit them to see if we could pay bail for them or something. But the majority of them were deported, except for, wow. I think, two. And I remember that morning, like after they left, I was like, okay. I got to go to school now, <laughs> which wow. was weird because I was like, wow, I just experienced this. And the first thing that I'm thinking about is going to school. Right. Um, and I just remember like walking through that empty house and kind of just seeing the mess that was left behind. Mm. And I kind of like just shoved it aside. And I was like, I'm going to school, like I'm putting on my backpack and I'm going to school. Mm. And yeah, I just I never shared that story with anyone until like years later I think this was like more than 10 years later and that was because I like for those 10 years I started experiencing some things that I couldn't really explain but I knew mm. that there was something wrong with me mm. and one of the things that I was experiencing was nightmares like I would have nightmares and flashes of the events that happened and then yeah. I would wake up and then not be able to go back to sleep. Mm. And so during the night, because of those nightmares, I was like, well, I need to stay up. I need to keep myself 
awake because every time that I do sleep, I remember things from this night and I don't Mm -hmm. want to remember. And so I do whatever was possible to stay awake. Um, And then also like thoughts of suicide, like at the age of, you know, 13, I started thinking to myself, like I was like, maybe there was something that I could have done to stop this I don't know Mm -hmm. but you know I lost a lot of hope that day Mm -hmm. and I remember like every day afterwards I would have thoughts of suicide um so yeah the suicide (laughs) the suicidal thoughts the lack of sleep the nightmares the flashbacks Mm -hmm. um you know and and yeah just other like other traumatic experiences that happened throughout my life and you know uh maybe that'll be a story for another time but yes um but yeah I just remember like all of this stuff just started to bottleneck like and and it reached a point where I remember I was like okay Marilyn you've been a coward for the last 10 years you've wanted to kill yourself and you haven't done it yet and so now you're gonna do it and I remember I started to make like a mental list of all the people I was going to say goodbye to because I was like, I'm doing it like this weekend. (laughs) I'm doing it. And the last person on my list, and I'm going to cry again, (laughs) but the last person on my list was my mom. Wow. And here on earth, she's the person that I love the most. And Mm. I remember I was rehearsing my speech and then she walks in through the door. And I run to her and I immediately start crying like I am now. And then I'm like, Mom, if you don't take me out of this house right now, I'm going to kill myself. And so I thank God for her because, you know, she immediately, she didn't ask questions. She just grabbed my arm and we went to a clinic close to our house where I saw a psychiatrist and a psychologist. And then that's when I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and then also bipolar 2 disorder. And I remember feeling relieved because I was like, wow, I finally have a name to my crazy. (laughs) Like, I finally know what's wrong with me. And I started going to therapy and therapy helped a lot. Like, you know, I am a full-blown advocate for therapy because... You know, they really help you manage with life, like with everything that happens in your life. Um, And I was also placed on medication. Like I was placed on something called Bumictal, which is to help, you know, balance out your moods. Um, So, yeah, therapy helped, like helped me process the trauma. But I and and, and in part also heal from it. But um, I think that healing happened, fully happened when I experienced and encountered God for the first time. And that was an amazing, Mm. a day that I will never forget because how can you forget meeting God? And Well, yeah, that that is, um, you know, a lot to process. I mean, that was really heavy. Um, That was... It, it was stuff that really impacted you in great ways. I mean, again, like I can't really imagine what that must be like um, to experience that. Um, I'm sorry if there's background noise. Um, 
uh, and it, it just, I can't imagine, you know, what it must have been like for you. Can you tell me a bit about um, what role the Lord played in that moment of your life? Yeah, so I think God definitely pursued me. He pursued me because, you know, for a very long time, like, Eve, I think since I was very young, I, like, grew up knowing there was a God, but I didn't yeah. know God. And I remembered, like, people would always say how good he was, how loving he was. Mm. And, but my life proved otherwise. Like, if I looked back at my life, I could point yeah. to all of the times that God had, quote unquote, failed me. And so mm. I did not want to believe in God because, you know, I, I even, it was weird because I would pray to him and I would be like, God, mm. I know you're not real. And, and, and if you are yeah. real, like you don't actually love me because if you mm. did love me, none of this would have happened. Like you wouldn't yeah. have allowed any of this to happen. Yeah. And God gave me so many opportunities to mm. open myself up to him and to submit yeah. myself to him. But I just rejected him every single time. And yeah. It wasn't until this vigilia that I had gone to where, you know, I remember I didn't even want to go. I only went because my mom wanted to go and my mom mm. and I are tight. Like, yeah. She's my best friend. That's so true. I like, that I know. Yeah. <laughs> so Which I is like, so cool. It's like the cutest thing. Yeah. yeah I was like, I'll go because you want to go. But like, I'm going to like have my earphones on and listen to metal and not talk to anyone. <laughs> Um, but crazy things happen at Vigilia, so. <laughs> I know. And that night, I, it, it was crazy because the worship team was ministering. And for some reason, like, I decided to, I think I decided to close my eyes because I remembered mm. this conversation that I had had with um, a cousin of mine um, when we were talking about the Holy Ghost and how mm. she had experienced the Holy Ghost. And it made yeah. her dance. It made her, like... And back then I was like, she's having a seizure. Like, uh, <laughs> like the shaking is probably a seizure. Everyone else that's shaking, they're right. putting on an act, a show. But yeah. I knew that she wasn't putting on an act or a show. So mm. I just assumed she was having a seizure. Yeah. And I remember talking to her after seeing that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is that? She's like, it's the Holy Spirit. And then that sparked my curiosity. I was like, how does one feel the Holy Spirit? Wow. And then she said, when you stop caring about everyone and everything around you, you are going to feel the Holy Spirit. And that conversation, I, I think God brought it front of mind that day because that was the day mm. that he had assigned for me to like finally give in. Wow. And so yeah. I closed my eyes and normally when you close your eyes, you see darkness, but I saw light and wow. I immediately felt this peace and this weight be lifted on off of me. And wow. that was very impactful because mm. I had never felt peace in my entire life. Mm. Like my life was a mess. Obviously like wow. what was going on in my mind was a mess and my heart was a mess. Yeah. And so I never knew what peace was. Mm. And in that moment, it was just, I felt like I, I could fly. <laughs> like I could just wow. float away. Yeah. And this very strong presence in front of me. Like I felt like mm. someone was standing in front of me and I opened my eyes and there was no one there. Wow. But somehow I knew I was like, that was Jesus. Like that wow. was God. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to open my heart now and you're going to come right in and you're going to do whatever it is that you want to do. And I'm going to let it happen yeah. because I want to feel more of this. <laughs> like, wow. I want to feel this for the rest of my life. 
Yeah, man, that's amazing. And that's cool because, you know, like even in processing, like everything that you're saying and, and just like your journey, right? Like through having that traumatic moment in your life and um, everything that came after, right? The feelings, the, the, the mental health trauma that you had to sort of overcome and sort of try to get back into this place of um, feeling fine, right? Like, because that developed a lot of anxiety in your life. That's why, and I and I say that because on some level, I've sort of experienced anxiety. Like I, I have had anxiety before, and at some point, I thought I was going crazy. And it was the concept of that, like I couldn't sleep. Um, I, and it was because of a situation that was going on. You know, I was like really worried. Um, for the health of my mother, and so, um, and I can, and obviously, in that sense, I connect to you. Like I'm extremely close to my mom. Like you know, I've always have been really close to my mom. So um, I can understand even that, right? And the role that your mom played, and and helping you through that, um, and and so. Yeah, but like that is stuff that is really heavy to overcome. And yeah, on some level, like therapy definitely is like helpful. Yeah. But it's just amazing to see when God sort of comes in and and you have that encounter of where you, you meet him. Um, and he just reaches places that, truth be told, like no other place, no other thing yeah. can fill, right? Like he goes into those places where you even think there is it, it is impossible. I remember you know, moments of life or even thinking of your story, like perhaps you might have thought like, oh, that I can't, um, how do I overcome this? How do I, how do I, like, yes, there's aspects of, like you said, therapy, you know, you experience healing on some way, but then there were things that were really heavy and, you know, you couldn't get out of it, right? Like you couldn't, um, you felt like there they had to be more. There's more that needs to heal. Everything is not 100%. And then boom, here comes the Lord and just literally, changes everything right um and fulfills in ways that you we don't even understand right like um so that's amazing i am really encouraged and again like you said i mean there's so much more to you um than just you know this aspect of your life and i think again just seeing like even even when the first time you shared your story with me like i definitely saw the lord reflected through all of that i mean it literally is god like you're here by the grace of god and it's amazing to see again how like all those things have shifted and now you're really um i believe you're a bold woman of faith i think you're really walking in 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 your your truth with the God, right? Like whatever God is depositing in you, and 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 I think it's amazing because again, only God can do that. Only God can take um, people like us who, let's say, have experienced certain things that have left us a certain way, but then He like takes us out of that and then puts us in a place of boldness. And again, I I believe that this is only the beginning. Um, of whatever God is doing through you, um, we're so honored that you are sharing your story with us. And before, you know, I, um, let you go, I want to ask you, you know, if there's somebody that perhaps is, is there because what you've shared, especially the concept of dealing with suicidal thoughts, like I think on some level, like many people experience that in life and it's really heavy. It's really heartbreaking, right. That, um, that any of us would, think those things or feel that right but it's the truth of the hardship of life life on earth is not easy the things that you experience on this planet you know um are hard because we know that like there is god there's also darkness right and there's there's and it's heavy and and so i just ask that if there's you know if there's any encouragement you can 
leave um, with somebody who perhaps is there right now, like whether they're dealing with um, bipolar disorder or post-traumatic disorder or they're dealing with suicidal thoughts, um, what is something you would like to share to that person as someone who has been there before? Yeah, I think, um, well, through trauma and depression and any sort of mental illness, mental health illness, mental disorder, you start to lose hope um, for the future and you start to consider doing something permanent to remove yourself from a temporary situation. And that is an evil lie of the devil that is speaking into you saying everything that you're going through, it's not going to get any better. And so you might as well end your life. And, you know, this actually reminds me of one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I have a lot of favorite stories, <laughs> but this one is in, I think, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 20, if I'm not mistaken. And it's the story of Thomas when he goes back into um, this room where all of the disciples of Jesus had been, you know, waiting for the Spirit of the Lord to come down. And he walks into the room and everyone tells him, you know, we, we saw him. Like, mm. And then he's like, well, I'm not going to believe you that you actually saw him because from my experience and what I experienced, he died on that cross. And so whatever you saw can't be Jesus. And if it is Jesus, like the way that I will know that it's Jesus is if I touch like the, the nail prints on his hands, like if I touch the scar on his side, like I want to touch those things. I want to see and touch those things. And then I will know that it is Jesus. And so some time passes and then Thomas again comes and Jesus appears before him. And then he says, hi, Thomas, I heard you were looking for me. This is the abridged version, the Maryland abridged <laughs> version. I heard you were looking for me, my dude. Like you want to touch my nail holes? Like That's kind of gross, but go ahead, I guess. And then Thomas does, and then he immediately believes it's Jesus. But that story for me is very impactful because Jesus showed his scars. Mm. Sho and, and I use the word scars and not wounds because there are many people that are walking around wounded. And mm. then there are people that are walking around scarred. And scars... They're evidence of having been wounded once, right? Like if you have a scar, you went through something. You went through something that hurt you. You went through something that changed you. Yeah. But scars are also a sign that whatever you survived didn't survive you. So depression didn't survive you. Anxiety didn't survive you. Abuse mm. didn't survive you. Mental yeah. illness did not survive you. Divorce didn't survive you. All the things that you survived did not survive you. And that is because of the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I remember one of the questions that I would always ask myself is, what is the purpose of like what I went through, right? And there's a verse, yeah. I think it's in Isaiah, that says, by his stripes we are healed. And I am believing that even though I don't know exactly why you went through what you went through, I do believe that God is going to use those scars to let other people know that they can survive, but that they can also have life because there are people here no. that are living just to survive, but God mm. wants you to live. He wants you to have a new life, an abundant yeah. life. Amen. And that is what he gave me. 
because therapy mm-hmm. helped me survive, but Jesus helped me to live. Wow. And if I can encourage you, it's <laughs> to show off those scars, show mm-hmm. them off. Don't be afraid because other people are going to be healed through seeing the way that Jesus has worked in your life. And there is hope. Those are lies of the enemy that tells you that there isn't hope. There is hope. Mm-hmm. And I am living proof of it. The girl yeah. that wanted to kill herself now has an abundant life. Like, that's just Jesus. Wow. That's amazing. That's really powerful. Thank you so much for that. Um, that, yeah, I I pray and I know that that is going to be of a blessing to somebody who can relate. And if, you know, um, you know, if you're listening and you would like, you know, encouragement or even community. I know Marilyn is always down to have community and, and walk alongside people. She's hosting um, an amazing Bible study. Actually, do you want to go ahead and tell us about your Bible study really quick so that if there's somebody listening that perhaps wants to connect to you because they can relate to what you're saying and they want to learn more about the Lord or even grow in the Lord if they already know him, um, they can reach you at that. Yeah. So uh, Bible Girl Club is a club (laughs) that was formed during the pandemic. And we're just a group of girls that wanted to dive deeper into God's word. And we didn't want to do it alone because, you know, we struggle sometimes in our walk. And it's Mm -hmm. just better when you have someone to hold you accountable. Right. And so we've been meeting for over a year In the middle of the pandemic, and there are girls that are living in other states, like there are girls from Maryland, Virginia, D.C., uh, Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Um, And yeah, we just gather together every other Friday. We study, you know, books of the Bible right now. Mm -hmm. We are uh, studying the book of Isaiah, actually. Cool. And yeah, for whoever wants to have community, because I think the group grew out of a desire to have community, especially in the middle of a pandemic. But Mm -hmm. if you want community, if you want accountability, if you want to dive deeper into the word, like you can send us a DM. We're on Instagram. You can follow us at Bible Girl Club, or you can also reach out to me, DM me. Marilyn.lovo is my uh, username, hashtag. I never know what to call Mm -hmm. those things. Um, But yeah, (laughs) we would would love to have you because we... I am very passionate about helping other people be passionate about reading and studying and meditating on God's word. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's pretty awesome. So get at Marilyn, um, get, you know, into this opportunity because again, yeah, community is extremely important. Um, It's beautiful to have people walk life alongside of you. And like you said, I mean, you don't always feel like at the top of the mountain, you very much a lot of times like you are in the valley or you feel like you're going through things. And so commun- that's where community plays a role. I mean, yes, the Lord, but then community also, it's an extension of that. So um, thank you again so much, my friends, for being with me today. Again, I'm so honored that you would even be sharing your story. Um, I'm sure this is not the last time we'll see you. Um, I pray blessing upon you and everything that you're doing. Um, and we just uh, are excited to see what the Lord has for you um, in this coming season. So thank you again. Thank it's, you. I love awesome. you, girl. <laughs> I love you too, my friend. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode. Have a blessed day. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. If you would like to connect with me, you can follow us at Beautiful Warrior Ministry on Facebook and Instagram. If you need support, prayer, or desire sisterhood, I am here to serve you. Don't forget to tune in next week for our new episode. Blessings!